Hey guys, what's up? It's Becca Hayes. And I want to ask you a question. If I handed you a cup of water and in this water it had lead, arsenic, fluoride, petroleum, chlorine, aluminum, and a few other toxins and chemicals in it, would you drink it? No? Then why are you drinking it now? Don't believe me? It's in your tap water. I know it might sound bizarre. Why? 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 Why would the government do that to us? Okay, just that question right there. Come on. <laughs> the government does a lot of shady things. I have teamed up with Enaviv Water. They are a sponsor for this show. I am so thankful for Enaviv Water. They put a whole water system in my house. And I'm not talking about just soft water. That doesn't take out all the chemicals. I'm talking about layers and layers of chemical removers. Real, you have to realize you're bathing in this too. So not only are you drinking it and washing your vegetables and fruits and, and cooking with it, you're also bathing in it. All those toxins are going are being absorbed through your skin. If you want your mental and physical health to become better, then you need to call Enaviv Water. Have them come out. They will test your water for free. Or you can go visit their location in Pleasant Grove and they can test your water there. Give my friends a call at 801-993-0080. And because they're so awesome, if you mention my name, they will give you half off a chemical remover. You're saving like seven, dollars $800 right there. Again, that's 801-993-0080. Or visit their website at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. They can service anywhere in the United States. Camino free is the way to be. Everybody, welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes. And with us today, we have Harry Thomas, uh, soul coach. He's been on here before. We talked about Flat Earth. How could you forget that episode? <laughs> and so many things. I love chatting with Harry so much because, because of your knowledge, Harry. Like I love that you've dug so much into just things that you're passionate about, things that you question. Like you really, when you go into it, you go into it from the beginning and to the end, not just a little bit and like, okay, I'm satisfied. Like you really dissect it. And I love that about you. And so that's why I think you and I really resonate talking with each other because I feel like you have so much knowledge. You're like this library. I just love to go to nothing but truth from you. So, you know, why wouldn't I want to like chat with you and, and share stories? So thank you for being here today, Harry. Yeah, thank you for having me again. How is it over in the UK right now? Uh, it's starting to creep into the winter. We had a lovely day today, though, so it's been okay. I'm not a UK person at all anymore, though, so I'm, I'm ready to, to get out as soon as I can. And where do you plan on going after UK? I'm going to go back to Brazil initially. I'd like to explore a tiny bit of Brazil. And then Mexico has kind of been flagging up for me recently to make a visit and... Uh, I want to get into the States. I, I've made some really amazing connections there now. And I said my my goal is to be on stage in the world. And I definitely think States is a, a place that I'd love to make a big impact. And and also there's certain places out there that I'd, I'd really love to visit too, including Utah. <laughs> Hell yeah, I definitely. You got to come here. Um, well, I definitely see you on the stage as like, you know, a motivational speaker and helping people with their journey and their life and discovering their purpose and, and how to navigate through that. So I'm excited to see you flourish in that. I think that's going to be so amazing. How was your hop session? It was, 
it was good. I think maybe done a bit too much then. It's like sometimes you blow it up, it doesn't hit your throat, and you're like, yes. And the other times it's... <laughs> you haven't mastered that yet. Yeah, I, I haven't had that in a while. But yeah, it does, sometimes it does, like just all of a sudden just sneaks in there, and, it, and you're like, oh my gosh, like it's burning. Especially when you first, when someone first does it and their reaction is just like. <laughs> oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> so I had this event with Enaviv. I teamed up with them and we held a sound bath with Hoppe at their location a few days ago. And one of the owners, Trent, <laughs> he comes in before everybody comes in like a half hour, right? And he's like, let me try this Hoppe. He's never tried it. Has no clue what it does. And his wife, his wife's done it one time. I did a, like a one-on-one -on -one with her. And so she kind of knows it. it's pretty intense, especially for the first time. And so he goes into it and he's like, no, I want to try it before anybody gets here. I'm like, okay. And like, Teresa's like, are you sure? Maybe she'll just wait. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, there's got to be a reason why he needs this right now before anybody gets here. Okay. And he's a big guy. He's an ex football player. So he, on his knees, he's taller than me. Big guy, okay? And he he had just recently had knee surgery, so he was on one knee because he couldn't fully, like, get into this position in, like, the lotus position. So he's on one knee, and I administer it, and, like, he's like, what, what's happening to me? What's happening? Like, you know, the kind of the normal things that people say when they first try hop A. And I'm like, you're fine. You're safe. Just embrace it. Don't fight it, you know? And, and he's like... He has like, he grabs, takes his hands and just grabs my shoulders because we're like eye level, you know, he's like so tall and he's just like, I just need to, I just need to hold you. <laughs> but, and then dropped him. He's like, I have to lay down. Like he had like a deep sweat and like, just was so <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm thinking you're going to be fine. But people that first try it, especially going into it so blindly, not even knowing anything about Hoppe, um, it's scary. It can be scary because it's so intense. And, but in a good way, he had things, so many things that came up, like his mother had passed away a while ago and she, you know, he, she raised him like he didn't really have a dad. And so like things like that came up for him and like just so many thoughts and like a lot of love. And, and I stayed with him the whole time. Like he wanted me just to keep my hands on him. Like even when he was laying down, he's like, you ground me and just need your hands on me. So I just kept my hands on him and, you know, we got through it, but he, he was down for like an hour. Like he couldn't, I, I mean, people were showing up and Trent's, yeah, come in, come in. <laughs> Trent's just laying there. We got like a, like 15 people showed up to the sound bath and Trent's like yeah. in the middle, just like, just, you know, starfished out, like finally got up and like, he felt like a little nauseous, you know, and that and eventually wore off. But it's interesting how, if you just go with the flow because if I would have if I would have been no let's wait until you know it starts he would have panicked because I wouldn't have you know given him that much attention and you know other people in the room and it's so he, I feel like that was an intuitive download for him to try it right away because he was able to sit through the sound bath and like relax instead of feeling like um scared and stuff and it, it went really well like um, there was a few people that already tried Hoppe. They they um, obviously loved it. And then there was like probably like six or seven that had never tried it for the first time. And they all did really well, like very in inspirational things that came to them. And like the sound therapy was amazing. And it was such, oh my gosh, the event turned out so amazing. And 
because of that, now Enavi is going to hold like monthly events there, like healing events. And hopefully, I, you know, I continue to be a part of them. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't know if Trent will ever do Hobbit again. Maybe he will. It's always intense. Like, you know, you always think that in the beginning, you're like, like the first time you're like, I'm never doing this again. But then like a day goes by and then you process more and you're like, okay, I understand why. I get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to tell you that. Um, you you love Hoppe too. Like I'm a big believer in Hoppe. It's one of my like favorite plant medicines. Um, I get mine from Brazil. And what what do you why do you love Hoppe so much, Harry? Uh, I I guess like the the reason why you do Hoppe, which I I found out was to ground you. It's literally if you went back to the indigenous times, if they were going to do a ceremony or if they were going to clear their auras and stuff, they would use tobacco. And and tobacco, they say, is the mother of all medicines. And it's the most respected medicine along the indigenous as well. So I was kind of interested, first of all, that it's quite hard to describe. It's like you get this magic floating up and down. So you get this head high, but also within your body, you just feel like this is the energy. It kind of kickstarts everything. So I think it's like a grounding for both your head because you're going to go into whatever experience you need to be clear. But also the body has to be in sync with your brain. So it's like, let me give them a both a burst of uh magic yeah and you know they it's, it detoxes your body like they, a lot of people especially the indigenous tribes they use that when they start to feel sick or, or to prevent sickness um, i know i've experienced you know just recently actually i i was over visiting my friend and she's had this cold this lingering cold for like i don't know maybe two weeks or so and I was hanging out with her for a couple hours and I went home and all of a sudden my nose, I couldn't breathe out of it. And I was like, there is no way I've already gotten sick. Like no way. And she's had this forever. And I'm like, what is going on? And I think I remember I mentioned it to you and like, and I was kind of nervous. I've never done Hobe while I was like sick and I couldn't breathe. And I remember mentioning this to you and you're like, it's not your energy. You're holding on to somebody else's energy. I didn't even know. Like I knew that we could do that, but I never really experienced experience that being aware I know I've, I've it's happened to me but I've never been aware of it and so I I I had that in my mind knowing like it's not my energy like I just need to release this and so I did some hoppe which I was nervous to do because I couldn't breathe up my nose um and I was like I mean I was out of it like I was getting the head cold I was getting everything and I'm like I have events this week I can't be down like I I need to be you know all aligned so I did some hoppe and like my intention was please just release whatever energy has on me or, or what I've received. And like minutes after, like I could breathe again. I felt good the rest of the day. It didn't, I kept kind of waiting for it to come back and never did. Like it was, it was amazing. Oh, so yeah. So it really detoxes your body and really, you know, like cleanses your auras, any negative energy, it cleanses out. Like, it's so good. Like, and I, I love it going into a meditation. Like I always, now I just do hoppe when I, right before I meditate, I freaking love it. It is like, it keep, just keep reinforcing it. It's medicine. And like people are like, oh, you're blowing this stuff up or it's tobacco. No, it's medicine and it works. It's magic. Sinuses, any cold you feel coming, like it's not your cold to start with. But use the medicine as well, knowing when it goes up, you'll naturally be able to breathe easier. To start with, is a really head high, and you get this rush where it's like, oh, 
it, it clears you out. <laughs> the sweats that you mentioned uh, with your person, <laughs> I've witnessed and experienced some <laughs> sweaty moments. And it's like a, it's a deep sweat. It's not just, it's not superficial sweat. It's like, it's deep. Like, so, you know, like that's detoxing your body. Like you're getting rid of, you know, any of that, that negative energy or that energy that isn't yours. It's coming out. You're talking about tobacco and a lot of people, especially in Utah, um, cause there's a lot of LDS, uh, that live here, but tobacco is a no, no, like it's against the word of wisdom. Um, it's, you know, it's just bad for your body. And then like we all, obviously it's in cigarettes and so it gets a bad rep, but what they use in hoppe is so different. It's harvested different. It's blessed and has intentions in it. It's in the purest form. And I think when you use something in the purest form for a good intention, it does amazing things on your body. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's a lot of spiritual uh, stuff involved with it. So hoppe originates from Brazil and there's a lot within the, Amazon and a lot of the indigenous and I've been to a ceremony where this older woman did hape and the shaman who had this had said it had come from like the Yawanama tribe and it was the old father who was like the wisdom of the the community he was kind of dying so this was his last batch and he put back all his wisdom and stuff into it and I kid you not she did she got it administrated to her she just started channeling and like she was speaking all like in tongue and she said that i saw his big blue eyes just staring at me like showing me exactly what my wisdom was and these are moments i guess you have to be there because you say oh that's like this woman it wasn't her effectively it was like something was talking through her and she just said i felt his presence there and i, I saw him but she can go back there every single time now from that to, uh happy Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's such a good story. I love that you experienced that. What's like the most profound thing that you've ever experienced um, in being taking hoppe? Um, I've had one uh, where, so it's strong. And like when you do it at certain ceremonies, there'd be enough to get what it's meant to be done. I've had uh, a, a shaman come who is a, a full on Happy ceremony, which I didn't know what that meant. And when I realized how much he stuck up my nose, <laughs> it, it literally just laid me on my back complete. I, yeah, he was out of the game for about two hours. It was a whole journey of processing. Um, I got all these different insights. I brought up loads of memories that I hadn't really dealt with, things that I had to get done all within this time. And, and literally, I was just laying on my back. So it, was, it, it wasn't what I... It was a shock because it wasn't how I was explained. It, it wasn't how I've experienced it before, but it literally took me, it took me to another realm. And within that realm, I got a lot of my answers when I come back out again. And yeah, I felt completely fresh after. You just kind of never know what you're going to get. Like, I mean, you do because you have said this intention, but like in moments of your life, it kind of like navigates with you and tells you what you need in those moments and at those times. Can you explain what a download is as well? Oh gosh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you probably can do it better than I mean. I'll I'll try. I might slaughter it a little bit, but I I I would explain a download is inspiration from the divine, uh, just telling me what I need, and and it's a guidance. Like all of a sudden, it's like you have that clarity of mind that you you couldn't get to before um, because of either emotional blockage or 
uh, stress or something and it just a download is like all of a sudden like the veil is lifted and then you have that inspirational message from the divine i guess i don't know is that how would you describe a download that was that was perfect i thought that was really powerful uh a download for me i guess a, a word that we use quite a lot is insight or a light bulb moment it's the moment where you you get this information and it just is your truth like you know it's the answer straight away there's no thought it's like ah oh, there you go um and the, when you go into the divine i think we live in a unconscious state most of the time we also have a conscious state then we've got the universal conscious consciousness so i think like when you're in meditation you kind of go in between conscious and subconscious and the moment where we call it the gap then you're in the the actual divine the universal consciousness so all the information's there but you just need to clear all the noise to be able to access it and they say they call it the gap but they say the moment you realize you're in it you're not in it anymore because your thoughts come back into it so oh. it's a moment in when there's no time or space that makes sense it's like when you start realizing it you're out <laughs> yeah <laughs> where have i gone for the last five minutes <laughs> oh my gosh the spiritual stuff is so freaking rad i am just like i'm so happy that i'm on this this track like it's it's so cool some some pretty interesting things have, have happened to you over like the last few days and week or so we briefly talked about like we get in these like these lows we get down and we're like oh my gosh especially i feel like you and i are very spiritual so we're like we're our frequency is just radiating like at a high level and then it's really dramatic for especially someone that's always like up here to come down lower and then it's like it's so dramatic and you're like oh my gosh like this is so weird i hate it like and it's sometimes it's just like how do i how do i get out of this and so we are we're going to touch base on that because i feel like you had one of those moments and then like days later and i don't know if i was picking up on your energy because i feel like that might have happened <laughs> like just weird crazy stuff you know and so i, I want to talk about that and like how you got out of it and how you overcame that and you know because it's normal it's normal to it's almost like what comes up must come down like you you have to experience that to keep going and to keep figuring out life and how to get through challenges and so i really am excited for you to talk about that um i want to jump into what recently happened to me so are you ready for this <laughs> uh, that was a big sigh as well so i'm expecting something to come back <laughs> oh it's so intense okay it's one of those moments it's like fuck like here we go again like this is my life <laughs> i don't know um okay so i had a group of people over last night for a ceremony we did a sound bath and like in some hoppe and, and things like that and an amazing group of people i couldn't have asked for a better group um it was a smaller group there was other people that were supposed to join and attend this ceremony but something came up and they had to reschedule and i looking back at it now i'm so thankful that they did and also there was other people that might have joined if i would have answered their phone call back in time but i just decided to wait and call them back today um and so they're going to do another ceremony with me later but so i'm so thankful that i did have these these four people with me um because if it would have been any other people, it would have just, I don't know. I don't know how it would have been. Um, so keep that in mind. I had the ceremony last night. So 
two days prior to that or day actually on Friday morning, I noticed my, my dog, Charlie, and he's in such great health. Like he's nine, he's a golden doodle, big dog, but just, just like acts like a puppy, like just so full of energy. Um, we play fetch all the time and go on walks. I don't do enough walks with them. And that was another insight that I got that I need to take them on more walks, but, um, just very energetic. And I noticed Friday morning, he just was like pretty lethargic, not acting himself. And I'm like, this is really weird. And it's like, like I'd called the vet and of course, you know, they had no openings and because it was like last minute. And so I'm like, I'll just, you know, give it over the weekend. Maybe I'll take him in on Monday and then just have him checked out. And so throughout the day, then we went to go play fetch and this is on the Friday and he ran out, got so excited. And like, I threw the ball, he came back and just laid down. And started doing like a whimper, a whine. And like, and I noticed his left leg started shaking a little bit. And I'm like, oh no, he probably like sprained his, his ankle coming down the stairs. Cause we have really steep stairs. They're like, they're like Jesus stairs almost. Like if you, if you miss a step, you're going to see Jesus. Cause it's pretty steep. <laughs> you don't want to fall down. And I've, I've fallen down on him twice. So that it is a miracle in itself that I'm still alive. Um, so I took him outside and then I noticed he just was laying down. And he was kind of whimpering and I was just like, my heart just like broke for him because I mean, this is his favorite thing in the world is playing fetch and he, and he wouldn't drop the ball. And so I knew he wouldn't drop the ball. That's he's done. Like he couldn't do it. And then, so I, you know, we went inside and then it got to a point where he just was just sleeping all day. Just wasn't getting up. I would call his name. He wasn't really answering to his name. It was like he, mentally he wasn't there anymore. And I started getting really concerned. Um, well, I had found some, some ibuprofen from my, my other dog that I had. It's like the doggy ibuprofen. And I was like, maybe I'll just, cause I thought he had a sprained leg cause it was just one leg that was shaking. And I'm like, maybe I'll just give him some like ibuprofen to take the pain away for a little bit. And so he can like eat and drink. And it seemed like it helped a little bit. It seemed like he started walking around again, but he was, he was limping. And, and I'm like, okay, he'd probably just sprain it. He's putting pressure on it. So, you know, we'll, we'll wait over the weekend, take him in on Monday. Um, and then that night, and then he's, and then it to the, got to the point where he just wasn't really getting up anymore. He just would occasionally get up just to go to the bathroom, like just very lethargic. Um, and then it kind of went into Saturday, just kind of just was laying down. And I thought maybe he's just resting. Like he just, he, you know, he's, it's painful for him. So he's just going to relax. So fast forward to the ceremony. Um, Charlie loves being around like energy work and stuff. And he loves like just laying down next to people because they're already laying down and they love Charlie. Charlie is like this comfort dog. And Charlie went over and laid down next to um, one of my friends and, and he's, you know, petting him. And, and then like kind of like 20, 30 minutes later, Charlie tried to get up and he just kind of collapsed. And I was like, Oh no, like this is, this is really bad. And, and I, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm navigating the ceremony, but I'm also, my attention's on Charlie now. So I'm like, what do I do? Like, I, I'm like torn. Like, do I just let him re like relax or like, do I need to attend him? So I, I went over there and I just was like petting him, checking him out. And his like, his legs started like tightening up. Like his muscles were like, like his, his, he would extend his leg and he couldn't move it. Like it was almost like his nervous system was breaking down. And now I was like trying to keep calm because I don't want to freak out in front of everybody and like 
you know, the energy be off. And so I'm trying to do this in a calm way. And, and it just progressively, like literally within minutes just went downhill. And he started like, he started, he couldn't breathe. He started like, like wheezing. And I'm like, no, like this is not happening to me. I'm not losing another dog. <laughs> like it was so bad. And, um, I ended up calling Jake and, you know, thank goodness Jake came to the, to the rescue because there's no way I could have drove. Like, I'm like, I have to take him to, um, emergency, a vet, a vet clinic. And it's, it's like, let's see, nine o'clock at night. And luckily, like I said, the group of people that were there, like I couldn't have asked for a better group. Like, you know, I'm like, Hey, just relax, just do some meditation, just, you know, and I'll be back. And, you know, they, they were fantastic. And Charlie couldn't walk. Like he literally tried to get up and he collapsed. Like he's just, his whole body was like, is like tetany. Like his just his, he couldn't move. Jake picked him up and I sat in the back, in the back with him holding him. And he was just like, just couldn't move. And I was like bawling my eyes out. And, uh, we had a drive. There was a, it, the clinic was like 45 minutes from me. And so, which seemed like a lifetime and I'm in the back seat with Charlie and we're driving and I had my arm around him and I was like doing Reiki on him, like putting all my energy and love into him. And, and, um, he was still, you know, like just his muscles were just so like tense and you can just feel them tense up and then relax, tense up like constant. And then I got to a point. So that happened. And so finally we got to the clinic and then, and then they're like, Oh, it's going to be probably a four or five hour wait. And I'm like, he's not going to make it. Like, there's no way. And they're like, well, there's another clinic 30 minutes from us more North. So we've already been in the car for almost an hour. So we drove, I called down at the other clinic and they're like, yeah, we can see him right away. So then we drove, got in the car again and drove all the way up there um, north about a half hour, which seemed like a lifetime. Well, somewhere in between then and leaving that first clinic and headed to the heading to the second clinic, um, I had my hand my my hands on Charlie and I was like, ugh, I was like praying to God and I was like, everything that I do, I believe in you and I believe that I believe in miracles and I'm not ready to lose Charlie yet because <laughs> I know that he's healthy. Like something just happened to him. Like, like something like, please just take the sickness out of him. And I said, please, like, I'm just like pleading with God. And I just said, I believe in you. And I was like, if <laughs> almost, I kind of made a deal. <laughs> I was like, if you can't cure, if you can't cure him, then I'm done with this. I'm like giving everything up. I'm, I'm putting like up on the shelf. I'm done. Like I was just everything, just pleading and pouring my heart out to God. And I had my hand on Charlie and I had this feeling like this, cause you, especially working with energy, you can feel it in your hands. You can feel the tingling. You can feel, you can feel the energy exchange. And I had my hand on Charlie and I felt this insane energy like all of a sudden after I've been pleading with God, I felt this insane energy, um, like shock in my left hand. And then I felt like all this energy, like coming into my hand and like going up my arm, like it was kind of painful. And in that moment I knew like I was taking away whatever was affecting him. Like it was coming into me. 
because I was like, please just give it to me. Get it out of him. Give it to me. And I like, I'm like, I feel like he's better. Like, even though I was still scared and nervous and I still wanted to get him checked out, like, I just felt like he was okay. And then we pull up finally, like 10 minutes after that had happened, we finally pull up to the other clinic, the emergency clinic. And, um, one of the nurses came out, she came outside because due to COVID, they won't let you go inside. So we're out in the cold. It's like 11 o'clock at night now. And she's checking Charlie out. And then she goes, okay, I'm going to take him in. And I said, I have to be with Charlie. I'm not leaving him. And he had jumped out of the car. So already, like, my mind's blown. He, he couldn't walk. He couldn't move. He was, his muscles were tiny. So he jumped out of the car and walked over to her. And I said, I can't leave him. I said, he needs blood work. There's something in his blood, like something in his nervous system. Like he needs this. And she goes, okay, well, let me just check out his vitals. And then, and I said, I, I need to be with him. And she goes, I'll bring him back out. So he waited. So she went and checked him out, brought him back out to me. And he waited with me in the car. And she said, everything looks fine. He's fine. And I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no way is he fine. I said, he needs blood work. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm still... Like, I know what happened. I, I, I held on to that experience, but I was still nervous. Like, I, I wanted to make sure, like, thoroughly that he was fine. And so she goes, okay, there's a, a doctor. He's in surgery right now. It'll be about an hour. He'll call you, and then he'll, he'll check Charlie out, and then maybe we can do some blood work. I'm like, okay. So I lay back with Charlie, and it seemed, you know, he just was turning into his normal self, very responsive, snuggling me. Like, his muscles weren't freezing up anymore. And like we ended up like, so we had to wait an hour. Now it's like midnight. Now we ended up driving to get food and I let Charlie out to go to the bathroom. He just jumps out and like his, his tail's wagging like a new dog, like night and day. And then he jumped back in the car and we went back to the emergency room and then waited and, and like an hour and a half goes by. Finally, we get a phone call saying, Hey, the doctor got, you know, there's other patients because we're not critical anymore because his vitals looked good. So now they're, they're pushing us back. So they're like, it's going to be another hour or so before the doctor can call you and see your dog. So it's, so we're like, okay, you know, we already went through all this. Of course, we're going to like have him see Charlie. So we're like, we're, I'm, I'm laying in the back still with Charlie and another hour goes by. Now it's like maybe one, one o'clock. 130. And I, I told Jake, I said, Jake, I think he's fine. I said, I feel good enough to leave if we need to. And I remember I said a prayer before I said that to Jake. I said, if he's okay, please have, give me a sign to leave because I have a hard time leaving. You know, I'm, I, you know, I still have that in the back of my mind. Like what if he goes back into what happened to him? So give me a sign. I said, you know, if you can give me a sign that it's going to be another hour wait, another hour wait. You know, we've already waited now, like, I think three hours for the doctor to call us. He hasn't even seen Charlie yet. And not to mention, like, <laughs> I mean, you take your, your animal to an emergency room visit, like, it's going to be thousands of dollars, you know, money that I don't have. And, and not that I wouldn't spend that on Charlie, but you know, put me more into debt. <laughs> So, so after I said that to Jake and Jake's like, are you sure we came all this way? And I said, I mean, let it sit with you for a minute. 
And then like 20 minutes later, we get another phone call. And they're like, so sorry, we have other patients that came in that are more critical. It's going to be probably another hour or so. She said hour. And I was like, that's my sign. So we left. Got home at 3 a.m. Everybody was still here. (laughs) Charlie came in, running in, wagging his tail, licking everybody. The looks on their faces. They're like, is this the same dog? Like they were like with me helping him. You know, they couldn't believe it. So now, not just, not just me. I have like five witnesses of this transition of this miracle that had happened. And I, and I obviously like, thank you, God. Thank you for help helping my dog and curing him. So that's my story. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, you say, thank you, God. And I, I think if you just turn that in on yourself, like the God's all within you, <laughs> we're going to be get. We're going to be getting a a new business, side business now. It's like the dog healer, the pet healer, the energy healer, <laughs> multifacet, Becca Hayes. <laughs> yeah, that is a, what, what was going through your head when you first saw it? Because like when you are facilitating and, and, and especially when it is energy work as well, like the sudden shift in energy can ruin experience for everyone. So like, I, I guess it didn't register initially when you first saw it happening. It, it didn't really register. It, it, it brought it to my attention, but it didn't like stick with me yet. And again, yeah, I, I had thoughts coming through my head. Like, I don't want to throw this energy off. I don't want to throw this experience off for people. But then it's like, Charlie needed me. And it's, and it's interesting. I felt like every, every single person in that room became an angel. Like they're already angels, but like, it's like their angel abilities came out. It's like every person was giving me confirmation like my friend over here he's like because they were trying to figure out what was going on with charlie like did he eat chocolate like is it allergic reaction i said i don't feel like it's allergic reaction it's something with his muscles and then my friend over here he's like you're exactly right he's like go off your intuition like you're exactly like it was like we were helping each other and my other friend that was like kind of holding him too she's like you have to be with him you can't leave him you can't leave him he needs you you cannot leave him like she made it a point to tell me and I feel like you know like you said we're all we all are gods we are part of him he is us we are that we are we are him like he was really working through all of us that night and yeah it was but there was a point where it's just like you know it switched to where I am all of Charlie's life like he he knows nothing but like me and my family like he is our family and I like I need to treat him like a family member, you know? And like, I like people just like, he's just a dog, but no, like he is the most precious best friend I've ever had in my entire life. Like up there with Coda that had recently passed away. But, um, and so it's like, you need to take care of him. Like he needs you and you need to be there by his side. Like he's there for you. Like how many times are dogs there for us when we're, we're stressed or when, um, you know, we're going through hard times. Like Charlie will just come and just put his forehead against my forehead. And I'm like, I need to repay the favor. I'm going to be there for him. And like, you know, they kept trying to take him back and like keep him in the hospital while, you know, can you imagine if he was sitting in there for four hours waiting for the doctor to see him? And no, 
no way. Like you're, you're my guy. I'm, I'm keeping you with me. And so, yeah, it was, it was an interesting, um, thought process when that was happening. And when you were going through it, it was there any thought that come to you or is it just like instinct after instinct? Like, right, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to pray now. I'm going to use my hand. It was like intuition. It was instinct. Got re- it was like right out. Like I didn't even think it was just doing. It was just, yeah, that was really cool. And it was, and I mean, just bawling my eyes out during the, I mean, snot was just like pouring. I think he was like completely soaked because from my snot, you know, like I like had my jacket and like I had a blanket for him. And so the blanket soaked. And so I had already used that up. And then next I was using his fur, you know, this morning I was pulling out dog hairs out of my eyes. Like it was, I was so up in his fur because I was like, I was holding him and I was talking to him and I was telling him, Hey, if I have to be here, you have to be here. Like, I was like, you're not leaving me like just everything, like, and how much I love him. And yeah, I was like so much dog hair. (laughs) I don't think it'd mind a bit of snot for uh, the the outcome. Right. Yeah. I think it worked out pretty good. Mm. And then, like, if you was to, so it's a question I ask when when you have these moments, because obviously you've been reflecting; it's been in your head all day, re-experiencing. Is there anything you would have done differently? I I, I can't say I would have. I mean, maybe I would have fought to get him in maybe sooner at the vet on Friday, but I don't think I I just my head wasn't there, and I feel like I needed I needed this experience. And he needed this experience. Like everything, it was perfect. Everything was perfect. I had the right people there that understood. I, I can't tell you I would do anything different. I, I can't even imagine. Like I feel good about it. I feel like we both needed to experience that. And everybody else witnessing this miracle, like they all saw this miracle happen. Yeah, and, and that's the answer that I was, I was hoping because what, what it really clearly showed is first of all, you went with yourself. There was no thought until you just said it was instinctive. Your soul's guiding you. You're literally going with your intuition. There's no, there's no ego. And we work with people that have been told they're going to die. When death comes or when something serious comes like that, there's no excuses. You have to do what literally inherently is inside you. And then looking back, there was nothing ever to change because it ended up as perfect as it is, which is the teaching. Go with your soul. Trust in your gut feeling. And what's the outcome? And whatever happens is meant to happen. That's right. So your 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 powers as well. Would you now say because I know you do a lot of energy work and like what I love about the stuff you do, you're so passionate for it. The reviews that you pop pop up from people on on social media and the experience and stuff that people have, like there must be a belief that you're good. But with that uh, experience, confirm that that's a knowing now. Yeah. It definitely confirmed it for me because I would go back and forth with self-doubt. I'm like, I, I feel like I believe this, but then there's always that damn self-doubt that sneaks in and being able to experience this miracle. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that self-doubt won't ever sneak back in because it does that from time to time, but I'm definitely going to hold on to this experience to help me get through the, the self-doubt times. Yeah, I love that. As soon as it turns into a knowing, like you'll see that other magic things are going to keep appearing all the time, especially in the line of work that you do. So it's to, to hold on to that. Hell yeah, I am. Um, I I wanted you to, you brought up, Harry, I, we never really talked about this, um, but you also work with termini, terminal ill patients, pe- patients that have cancer. 
Like, how is that? Like, tell me like what you do and like how you work with them. Yeah, so we work with either the person that has the illness will be a loved one that's literally seeking for help. Because a lot of the time uh, when it comes to terminal illnesses, there's a lot of people that play a part in it. Um, but a lot of these illnesses first will get those with the man in the white coat. And in, when it comes to cancer, if, if you're uneducated on it, normally the two main types of treatment that we all heard of is radiation and chemotherapy, which is something that we just assume is, is the norm. But what tends to happen is when people go through this process, some, some people that they go through the whole range of treatment and then still nothing seems to be working. So the, the, the guys in the white coat that you trust all of a sudden say, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do here. And sometimes they'll point the finger at you and say, you've only got this much long to live. So you can imagine when people are reaching out now, they've literally tried the mainstream, they've gone down all the different avenues just to, to stay alive. And then all of a sudden your hope has been thrown out the window. So you're in a position where your back's completely against the wall. And we work on mindset, we work with plant medicine, uh, and we work with the families, like on energy. And it's really interesting when people come to you, you're in a state of fear, like the death all of a sudden literally throw, gets thrown straight into in your vision. And then I mentioned the ego earlier, but anything that's not important to you, anything that's not serving you at that moment in time, literally just goes out the window. So it's like the ego dies when you're almost near death. What also happens then is you've got a choice. You can decide to take on that truth. Well, it's not even truth. You can decide to take on the words and the vibration from someone saying you haven't, you're not going to make it. Or watch me. And then you go on your own path, your own self-discovery. So we've had many experiences with people. And the first thing is the individual. Like it's really interesting when people, loved ones, do get into it, like. You see daughters go the extra mile. You, you see the brother doing everything they can for their sister. But that comes with a lot of fear and worry too. So we have to take things from an energy standpoint. And that worry, that fear, and, and also that uh, act now, the, like there's a lot of pressure that actually put on the person who has the illness. So our main thing, first of all, let's speak to the actual person. Like because... Over the years, we've had people that they actually want to go. They've had a long fight. They, they don't want to do it anymore. So you see all this suffering, but their acceptance is, I've had a good time. And, and when they get to that acceptance, magic starts happen too. And people have their awakenings because if you can accept something, then you're in the moment again. And when you're in the moment, like, it's infinite possibility. So we've had, we work with clients. The first thing we do is, right, that acceptance, let's say that you've been told you've got a month to live. Okay. Let go of all the things, what the outcome could be and all the things you haven't done and all the things that you're regretting now, let that go. You're here. If you had the best month left, what would that look like? You just see like questions un unlock things. So you can just see their head. You can see it's like all these magic moments. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And it makes sure I spend as much time with my family. So they start coming up with their own game plan, but yet that's the first part. Then you get them to bring awareness. What is not serving you at the moment? Because whenever you're ill, literally any terminal illnesses, that's created from imbalance within your body, within your life. 
And over time, these imbalances will cause internal effects. The, the non-physical turns into a physical, and that's where tumours and stuff keep coming. So regardless of what treatment or whatever, the one thing that we need to do is first of all then stop anything that's not serving you because from an energy standpoint, you're wasting energy still. Those stressful thoughts, that relationship, uh, you might have lost something and, and it meant a lot to you and we're holding on to these things. That energy at the moment needs to come back to you. So we need to protect our energy because you're, you need as much energy as you can as, 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 as you need to heal. So we highlight where you're wasting energy and the insights that people get, usually it's the closest, nearest and dearest to them are the ones that actually stress them out more than anything. Then they, they become aware of it. Okay, what would your soul say? And they go through each of these different things. Right, I'm going to take some time out from them. I'm going to uh, say no to these things. They start coming up with a game plan. Then they stick to it. Then they experience some feelings, some changes. Then they feel more energised. And the teachings that people get, all it means is you're, you're, you're taking back your power, you're making your own choices. And whilst within it, we share information when we're looking at self-healing. So we're giving them information that they may not have had access to before. That, that information then allows them to have a choice. It's the choice in life, which is the most powerful thing. It's the best gift you can give someone. And then, yeah, you, we've, we've experienced some amazing journeys where people... So James's uncle, where it all started, he was told he only had a few months to live. He's still here now, eight years later, wow. and, and fighting fit. So it's it's really it's powerful because it makes the person actually feel heard for a change. Like their voice is actually listened to. Like they've got pure love just coming back at them to say it's okay. You can say no. We had a one guy uh, on his call with us. We both. Uh, took him through a session and he said, you know what? He said, um, this is the healthiest I've ever been and I've got cancer. He said, the last few months I've literally been thriving. I'm now back fit. I'm being positive. I'm learning. And he made a really profound statement. He said, we should live our life like we got cancer. And me and James kind of got thrown back wow. a bit. Yeah, and he just said like, I get to say no now and I don't feel sorry for doing it. Like I can't come and see you at the moment. I'm healing. Rather than saying sorry to people, say thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. Like keep your power. Saying sorry because you're taking everyone else's guilt and worry and, and, and fear on. So it's protect your energy. And yeah, there's, there's been loads of insights from it. So for example, so I'm waffling a bit here. No, I love it. <laughs> got, keep going. Um, got uh, one lady and you can see every when when you have cancer like people don't know what it is so there's a fear straight away with that word so it is cancerous it goes through everywhere and people don't know how to turn up or how to act and they act so differently because for some reason cancer means die it doesn't it, it's not even close to that and and going back actually to that boy the guy said you need to act now the doctor to him said because you're dying with cancer and he stopped and he said, I'm not dying with cancer. I'm living with cancer. I'm living my best life at the moment. And you can see like this change of mindset. He was taking back his power and he wasn't being influenced by others. So then all the family members become experts. Oh, you should go on a vegan diet. You should do chemo. You should go natural. You should do plant medicine. You should get more sleep. You should eat more. 
And what I was noticing with the lady that I was working with, every time someone said something, like literally it's guaranteed, you can't get away from it. She was getting frustrated. She was getting angered. And, and also, like, you can imagine someone said, you need to sleep more. If only you knew, I would sleep all the time. If only you knew what I'm going through. Like, there was a frustration every time. So then it was like, okay, I see your wave and your energy here. Turn it into a game. Just expect that every single time, no matter where you go, they're going to come from a place of love, but they're, they're a bit naive to what they're saying. So turn it into game. How many stupid comments can I get today? What's the most stupid comment I can receive today? So all of a sudden, people now approach you with this, you just laugh. You accept it. And that taught me all my life lessons now with my clients. Everyone has an opinion. And everyone's entitled to share their opinion with you. And a lot of the time, you're not going to agree with that opinion. But whose energy do you need to protect? Yours. So live your life like cancer really is. Why do we wait till we get ill before we make these changes? Protect your energy, eat well, now have a healthy... Why can't we just do it now? And that was like my whole teachings now come from that. So yeah, terminal illnesses, death, all my life lessons have come from because you realise what really is important. And if we understood death, we definitely would enjoy life more. Oh, definitely. I love that. I love live your life like you have cancer. Like, you know, it, there's another saying, live like you're dying. Like it's just, and that, that goes back to also like being more present. I think when you can be more present, that's when you're really living your life. Like you're, you're doing the things that are important, like spending time with your kids or, or your dog or, um, you know, going on like those beautiful walks and stopping and smelling those beautiful roses. Like I have these little, I have this rose bush in front of my garage, like I'll pull up and it's only like one or two roses because it's a smaller new bush and I'll pull up and get out of my car and I'll just smell it and I'll just and I'll just take in that beauty that smell for a minute and just just give thanks um, that I'm able to smell that I'm able to have these like roses and almost winter you know like I just having gratitude for the smallest things really change your life for the better. Yeah, I love that. It's appreciation as well. So it's uh, one of the quotes that stuck with me when I was doing my meditation course was uh, the creator will show itself when he uh, realizes who's noticing his creation. So let them show themselves so I can appreciate them back. So the appreciation is the flowers that I used to kick in my mum's garden and <laughs> get rid of it. Now it's like, <laughs> don't damage the flowers. <laughs> I'll put some water on them. <laughs> appreciate and more, more you start living like that see the best in everything it comes back to you like in abundance definitely i want to shift harry to uh just like what was it a week or two ago when you were just like oh my gosh i, I just i i feel like at an ultimate low right now and i don't know really you couldn't really like pinpoint it like you're like i said you're vibrating on such a high frequency for so long and then all of a sudden it just drops um, can you take us through like what happened and then how did you how did you overcome that? Yeah, it was a interesting few weeks. Like if you if you see my my life, I guess over the last eighteen months, I've been on an old time high. Um, everything I I talk about is being positive, like keep growing, connecting, and then I spent my time in Brazil, uh, which was amazing. So all the COVID pandemic and all the stress you see on the news. I had none of that out there and I was a bit naive and when I'm coaching my clients and they're stressing about the external world I'm like 
don't worry about it. Good is coming. And I'd show them and share them some stuff just to make them feel more at ease. But focus on what you can focus on. Just focus on the positive thoughts. Focus on uh, the things that make you happy. And, and things with like the vaccine, if you're getting scared from them, just know that they're bad. You don't need to go into each time how deep they are. So I was saying that with all my clients and, and, and trying to get them to focus on stuff like meditation, journaling, being grateful, and coming back to the UK, obviously, I did that video that went viral where I got arrested. But it's also then kind of put me in this position where I feel like I'm speaking for more people now. I'm, I'm a lot more outspoken to most. So people reach out to me to share a message. And then it turned into like this education process where I am sharing information that is quite worrying and concerning with what's going on in the world at the moment. And I realised like... I was being met with so much resistance all the time, but aggressive personal stuff. Um, and then it just getting frustrating that some of the things that like, people are moaning at me and I'm working with family members where their kids have died from the vaccine. Like I'm, I'm in that suffering. I'm feeling their, their pain. And some numpty that doesn't know what's going on would just say, oh, you're just being a conspiracy. I'm like, you try talking, you try being with these people. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. So I'm seeing this firsthand. I'm letting it bug me. So I, I, I looking back and a lot of my posts were get your head out the sand, start waking up for how long do you think this is? So all my posts, yeah, they're educational and, and, and I'm trying to say good is coming. I was doing it from a frustrated place. Literally that whole week, I realized that a lot of my messages going out there was more, please just pay attention or please can at least look or have a conversation rather than like trying to argue with it. Why would I take the time to do this? And I realize that's what a lot of people do, like, especially when you wake up to truth. The first thing you want to do is share it with your loved ones. I then took this role on as let me be the, the, the communicator and literally break it down for people. But I just did it from the wrong place. And it was the Sunday night and I went to bed and I snapped at my parents too. Like they've, they've housed me for the last two months since being back here and they've been, amazing to me like uh and i just snapped at them but again i haven't done that in a long time like, i just come up just frustrated laid in bed put the lights off and then i got a little voice change or tune and then the next day I, I made a phone call to james all our talks this week let's stay off of the topics that are getting frustrated let's focus on the good stuff so the the intention of last week was only motivation and happiness and my, my tune completely changed literally from that Monday. And I think it was just a, a big slap in the face. It's like, if you want positive in your life, just speak positivity. If you want frustration in your life, go and go and show the things that you're being frustrated. And it, it was a yeah, it's a big uh, eye-opener for me because like this whole year and even last year, all I'm focusing on is the after when the truth comes out. We've got a lot of learning to do. We've got a lot of togetherness that we're going to have to join forces and start working as communities. And to be in a better world, like every individual needs to start showing up as their best self, uh, the tools and resources to help people get to that place. So my focus now is, again, focusing a bit further ahead, start connecting with amazing people around the world, and then start putting a little blueprint in place to live a better life, or live a life that we deserve, a place from happiness that starts literally at the schools and teaching our children like the way of life rather than the way of the system that we're currently in. So uh, I guess coming back to your question, what did I do is I changed my mindset. 
literally from the, the 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 initial thought that come to my head it's the negative flip it well how can i turn this into the way that i want it every word that came out of my mouth again was positive every post that i saw that could have been controversial i left it alone like or, or, or i kept it in a group on telegram which that's what that group is for um and it's, yeah, it's made a big difference, but I have, I've had no resistance this week. And, and even the resistance that does come, you have to really check in with yourself. Never make it personal to that person. Go and ask back questions and go and, okay, thanks for sharing that. Like start with a positive, but ask questions back. Don't make it personal to them. And, and that's something I can hold my hand and say that I do really well. But you see it, when people don't like your narrative, they come, you're dick or you're this or you're that personal you don't know me you don't know anything about me but if you saw what i did all i am is about helping people that's all i want is the world to be a better place if you listen to the story that i see going why would you argue with that like you're gonna be smiling too (laughs) yeah it's funny it's like just like what you said it's like if you really knew me if you really knew how i love to help people and really like love to help their their well-being their happiness um you wouldn't say those things to me you know, like it, I experienced that on my my Flat Earth uh, podcast post, you know, an ex-boyfriend's friend commented on there. And, and I know it like, you know, I know him personally. And he he writes on my post, you're fucking insane. You're so stupid. And all this all these hate things. And I'm like, you know, and and I could go back and be like, oh, my gosh, why do you have to be a dick? Like, you know, you're, you're dumb, like talking to me like that. Like you said, I was protecting my energy. I'm not going to give my energy away to him. I'm not going to waste my time on him. And, uh, you know, all I did was just comment back like I prefer um, wide awake instead of like insane, like <laughs> just being, you know, whatever. And a- another thing, Harry, is, you know, coming from that place of of frustration and, you know, even some like temperament uh you'll never change anybody's mind that way you'll impact their life better if you come from a place of love and positivity um, and kindness and i learned that you know the hard way a while back and that's always resonated with me and stuck with me Um, and so when you change your tune it's like you're changing your approach and i think that's so wise and awesome and so awesome that you're aware of that you know, awareness is the root of everything. Awareness is the root of happiness. Awareness is is the root of um, getting to know your true self. Like there's so, awareness is like the key. It really is. It's it's so amazing. In that book by, uh, is it Anthony Del Mello or? Yeah, awareness, Anthony Del Mello. Yeah, love that book. I'm almost done with it. Everybody should listen to that book. It's so freaking good. It's brutal, but it's good. <laughs> You get a soul slap in that one. <laughs> yeah, you do. Back and forth. Oh, it hurts. But okay, give me more. Okay, that sounded really bad. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I love that you got through that. You changed your tune. In in the thing is, is you, like, what were you saying? Sorry. I was gonna say, why don't you share how? Because you you had the sniffles and stuff the other day as well. You said you felt quite down. So like, what did you do to overcome yours? kind of similar to you, I, I changed my thought process. I, I sat with it and I kind of was like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Let's get to the root of it. Like there's some, there's a reason, like, am I taking on somebody else's energy? Um, am I just, is my mind like going into more negative thoughts? Um, because just like you, like I, I get to those points where I get so low and it's, it's more far and few between now. It used to happen a lot more, um, often when I wasn't really aware 
and I didn't really understand how to ground yourself and understand energy and all that. Um, so it's helped so much with the awareness and understanding it's they're you know, they're not, they don't happen as often, but when they do, it's, it sucks because like I said, you, you're, you know, you're vibrating at such a high frequency and then that brings you like just way low and you're like, I hate my life. What am I doing? Like, why am I here? Like, I mean, the pits of despair. Like, that's me anyways, because I'm dramatic. And I'm just like, oh, like, life sucks. It's cloudy outside. I mean, anything. And so what I learned to do is sit with it. Let's face this, you know, head on. What's going on? What's going on? Like, it's like talking to myself. Okay, Becca, what's going on? Tell me, what's going on? And I sit with it and I, you know, I love to do hoppe. So I do some hoppe and I, I go into a meditation. And then, then all of a sudden it's like the clarity. It's just like the veil moves. And it's like, here, focus on here. So you don't focus in your despair, in your pity me party, you know, focus, put your, put your energy and focus over here. Stop focusing over here. And that it was a shift for me. It was a, it was shifting my energy into focusing on some positivity and things that I can change, that I that I'm able to uh, take action. Like a, a lot of the times, I've noticed with pe- with other people and myself, where sometimes we take on things that we, you know, that's not our that's not our thing. Like, and we can't even change that. So why are we worrying about it? So why don't we why don't we worry about the things that we can change and do? So yeah, it's so, so powerful, and, and and stuff with self healing as well, like you always get the signs from your body, your body's communicating with you all the time. And sometimes, you know, when you feel like a cold's coming, like it's just that fear that, uh oh, I can have a cold. Listen to the words that we normally say, I've got a cold coming now. So you literally, that communication with your body is like, oh, okay, I'll continue with this if you want. And let's have a three day cold or a five day cold. But if you knew how the body really works, it's all energy. And again, we're literally sitting in the energy, the energy that makes our plants grow and the energy that we feel when two people are arguing in the room and you you feel that energy there. Like That energy is present all the time. So you can communicate with it. So if you get the sniffles, literally just say, that's not mine. You deny it. It's not mine. If your nose has got the runs, your nose doesn't have a brain. So who's taking on that runny nose? Because it's not your nose, <laughs> it's you. So you can literally deny it, but that denying has to then come with a feeling. And, and this is the best way to do it. I talked about a choice earlier, but whenever you have these symptoms, you can look at it from two ways. But the, here's the, the real powerful kicker. Like if you really think about your body, your body's got your back every single day, every second of every day, your heart's beating, you're, you're taking the breath, you cut yourself, it heals it. You break your bone, it heals it. So your body is working for you. So let's say that you've got a runny nose. You can say, I've got a cold coming. My body's getting rid of this. You could have a really bad stomach. Say, oh, my stomach's really hurting. Or you could flip it. Oh, my stomach's working overtime now to get rid of this. Switch. Them. You could say, I've got a bad knee. Or you can say, my knee's in healing. Yeah, switch it. And that switching, you're communicating with your nervous system. You're, you're showing that you're actually you're aware of this. Guys, take over now. Go and do, do, do your job. And just know that every single one of your cells has its own kind of brain in it anyway. If you pulled it out and put it in a Petri dish and gave it food or poison, it'll move towards it or move away from it on its own over the day. So 
with your in your body, let's just say that you broke it down into cellular level, every cell is your soldiers, you're still the commander. All you need to do is give it some attention. Give it some attention and then put your communications into it through energy, through love, and then feel it and experience it, and then just open your eyes and you are it, right? You're there. And and the beauty of this is that you could deny it or you could agree with it. So you have a choice. What one would you take? And I can tell you first now that you can heal yourself literally with that whole communication. And another thing to remind yourself is that it doesn't happen overnight. Just in life, you're learning language. You don't learn it in one day. You learn in a sport or a new skill or activity. It doesn't happen overnight. But when we go into a meditation or when your eyes are closed, we just somehow think, that, oh, it didn't feel anything. Nothing worked. It doesn't happen overnight. It's something you work at. So if you can kind of do your own brain training for any part of your body, and like, don't take Harry Thomas from London's advice. Go and look at doctors like Joe Dispenza and read his story. And he literally healed, he had a bike accident when he was 19 and he was told he was never going to walk again. He literally sat there in the hospital bed, just dead out. And he went through every joint and he focused on it moving. He focused on the feeling and he instructed it. And he was in the gym 12 months late, like, and he then now does all this, and his books are really worth getting into, but he's a doctor and does it with brain studies and brain scans. And when you see what actually happens at the brain with the different instructions beforehand, and then one deeper, when he does it in a group, people go into that gap, that fetter state, all at the same time when the energy is in the room. Wow. So you can see group, group healing as well, but it's all there. Like All the studies is there. So it's not just me and you having these spiritual experiences say, or it was real like it was real but yet i can now back it up with people that want to look at it from a scientific level you've got that too bruce lipton um greg badden uh they're, they're all like amazing with the work and they do a lot of seminars around the world as well and what was the name of that book too because i want to i want to research that and i have someone in mind to send that to what is it called becoming supernatural and um, that's uh, uh, Joe Dispenza's book where it explains the story. And there's there's amazing things in there, like even skill development. He had tests where there'd be one group playing the piano for eight weeks solid, three hours a day. Another group that was just playing the paper piano, like pretending they were playing it, but all with the thought and stuff in there. And by the end of the eight weeks, the brain scans were pretty much exactly the same. So you can still learn a skill, a skill without actually doing it as long as the thought's there. Your mind is so powerful. I'm like over and over and over. I tell my kids, like when they say negative things, I'm like, knock that off. What you think is what you become. Stop it. <laughs> and like, you know, they probably don't quite understand it, but like it's say it every day. They're getting it, you know, like they're going to get used to mom saying that. Okay. They're going to start eventually catch themselves when they, you know, have a negative thought. I'm just like, knock that off. No negativity in this house. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And and for parents out there, pay attention to the the spells you put on your kids. Like get out the cold, you'll catch a cold, or get out the draft, you'll catch a cold. Or like my mum today, I was eating cheese just a minute ago. Don't eat that uh, late before bed, you'll get a bad stomach. And I went, no, I won't. <laughs> You're putting that on me. And and it's so powerful. We say these things without even thinking about it. And literally, if they take that on as truth, that will happen inside their body. But yeah, that's so true, putting spells on your kids. And disclaimer, we're not saying don't put coats on your kids when you get out <laughs> the cold. 
But what you can do is tell your kids too that they can bulletproof their body. So when it is cold, you just got to reinstruct your body just as you leave the house. Body, make me resilient today. Whatever cold you throw at me, we're going to warm it up with love. Something like that. And get them to believe and turn that into their knowing. They'll become undefeatable. That that's If we taught our kids all this at school, like literally everything that they want, they can reinforce it with their words and then their thoughts, uh, their feelings, sorry. Like that's what will overcome. And, and again, it's the reinforcement and the, the confirmation from the parents to keep drumming that into them, correct them when they speak bad, literally stop them in their track. Don't tell them off, but make them aware of it. How can you change that? What's the positive outcome? And let them come to their own conclusion. It's really powerful stuff. And you just know that every time you correct them, you're doing a good there. Like it's a truth that you're throwing in there. And again, they have a choice. What do you want them to think? The negative way or the, the positive way? Well, and I know, especially with single moms, like I know it's frustrating with when you have kids, when it seems like they're not listening to you or when they're fighting or when they're like not hearing you out or talking over you. Like there's so many um, frustrations there, but I think it's important to keep like standing your ground and keep speaking your truth, even if you think they're not hearing you, but what is happening, their subconscious is picking that up. And then they're, then that's going to shine through eventually. And especially if they've become more aware um, which if you're practicing that they will, um, at a way faster rate than I did, than you did, you know, like, can you imagine if your parents were like, Hey, you need to be aware of your thoughts and all this stuff. Can you imagine where you'd be? <laughs> I, I'd be teleporting everywhere by now if they told me of that. <laughs> you'd be sitting in the studio right now. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like, that's what I want. That's, that's one of my goals you know, and I've just kind of just came to that realization just in this moment, but I want my kids to be aware at a young age. That's what I want. And that's what I'm, that's the gift I'm going to give them. So if they're like, mom, you never gave me any, I'm like, I gave you awareness. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look how cool I am. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like the best mom ever. Um, 